running back, quarterback, number 19. Land. I'm Brian Costco welcoming you back. We're just playing that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting off twice in a row. Well, it's been so long since we've done it. I mean, it makes sense to play a theme song the number of times that we should it, in the interim. Yeah, it re- I was actually going over this with Sherry. Let me still on. Let me do, finish the intro. Okay. We got a lot to get to. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to another season of Six Bs and a P here on AquabearLegion.com. I'm your host, Brian Costco, joined today by Ian Wolf. Tremendously big and tremendously wet. And that is, <laughs> I just read that right before I came on the air here. You're making fun of our president. What? The, and I was going over, this is episode 72 of Six Bs in a P, and I was going over with my wife, Sherry, right before coming on the air that we did two episodes last year. But one of them, no one's ever heard because it just got destroyed. It was like an error in the recording and in the like uh, transitioning of files from one form to another. And we recorded like an hour. And I'm not even sure, Ian, I think you were there. But I also don't know if you were. I honestly have no idea. I think it I doesn't matter. It was not very good either way. And at the end of it, it was fun to just kind of talk to everyone for an hour, but I also realized that at the end of an 0-16 season, or I think they might have been 0-14 at that point, but we all, we all knew where that uh, how that movie was going to end. But the uh, at the end of it, it just kind of felt really kind of apt that our podcast that we used to like deal with being Browns fans just was in complete dysfunction, just like the real Browns. and. Huh. I like we the, weren't actually going to uh, even be able to produce an episode. I like to look at it as we took a gap year to just kind of fuck off in Europe. We got into soccer, but now we're back. We're home. Yeah, we did. We took a gap year. We did a preseason episode last year, um, which was good. I think that was episode 71. It was about hoagies at some point. That was the name of it. But yeah, I mean, to fill everybody in, in case we are your only source for Brown's information, which is insane. <laughs> Call us if that's the case. Dave Obenauer. And <laughs> we are this season, we are Dave's only source for NFL news. He told us that, <laughs> that he didn't know if he was going to watch any football and he didn't want to be on the show, but he was going to listen to every episode. And so Dave, here's some information for you. The Browns went 0-16 last year. <laughs> And one and thirty-one so far under Hugh Jackson, and then somehow tied last week, which we're going to get to later on. So there's your update, and that would also explain why we've done like two episodes during that time because it was bad. That was horrible. Last year was just we watched that last game too together. Yes, you and I. We watched the last game at Land Grant Brewing Uh, in Columbus. We'd love some T-shirts. and we watched the last game there, and then we watched the yeah. first game, which we'll talk about later on a little bit more once we do some off-season business. Last week, for your birthday, 
Hey. Uh, one of your 16 birthday parties that you yeah. had for yourself. And in fact, they most of them <laughs> seem to occur before your birthday even happened. And then on my birthday, I had zero parties. Zero parties on your actual birthday. No. Cry me a river. Um, I got to be nice to you. You're the only other person here. I know. You don't want uh, me to do this. Oh, sorry. Yourself. Sherry's here. You uh, got to talk into this if you want to be heard. I'm sitting right Okay, that'll pick up a little bit. There you go. Hey, there you are. Well, you were doing, you know. Yeah. All right, and so I, Sherry's here. She's not and I should able say, to hear me at all. <laughs> yeah, that's the wild card is you can't actually hear Ian because he's only in my headphones. So you're just kind of out there in Radio Land. And we're going to, I mean, on our Patreon, uh, one of the reward levels is that we get new headphones. Right. Yeah, I like how I say that. Like, we're doing this podcast. I just basically told everyone I do not have the uh, actual capacity to have two people listening to, <laughs> to this recording at the same time. I do. I think I got another pair of headphones that may or may not work. These are bad, too. So we should do that Patreon that you mentioned because yeah. there isn't any. Um, I literally, you can see in the inside of my earphones here, my headphones, the metal um, insights. So that can't be good. Ian, yes, Brian sir. is going to, he's going to, Brian Weeby will join us for a broken bandwagon later on though. Uh-huh. And we'll get a, uh, yeah. we're going to get a sideline report from our very own sideline correspondent, Chris Poland. You may know him as Bork Torkelson. Shout out to uh good buddy Bork there. He went to the game. He did. We saw a picture of it. The, can you imagine what it would be like to watch <clears throat> that game? You get know, that we'll, wet. We'll, we'll talk about it. it when we talk about the actual game, but that was pretty entertaining football game for a tie. Good stuff. Yeah. There was a lot of we embraced me and you several times. So, yeah, multiple. Not times. different than a normal than a normal no, interaction. Yeah, no, no, that would have happened regardless of what we were doing. <clears throat> so a lot to talk about, Ian. Obviously, um, let's start quick before we go to the broken bandwagon and get into game one. Let's start with the off-season quick. The 6B1P yes. official off-season review. Let's do and it. And what's your take? Just give me your general. Is this a hot take, I guess, first off? I, it's, I mean, it can't be too hot of a take because there's no way they could have gotten worse. Uh, I do think that they had a very good off-season, ultimately. That's my take. That is tepid at best. It's a tepid take, as as you mentioned. But, the yeah, I, I agree. I think that the di- huge difference was that they like signed players and seemed to draft well. Yeah. Drive, I know that seems Landry. like obvious stuff to say. Devin could yeah. Brogan De- Roby. <laughs> Brogan Rogak. <laughs> we <laughs> saw Devin could Brogan Roback. Roback? Is it? Oh, Brogan Roback. Broby, we'd love to have you on the show. You know he's that, not doing it. Uh, we could probably, I bet you I could add him on Facebook right now and he would accept. You should try it. We're going to try that and right. see if it happens before the end of the episode. The uh, We'll actually get to Facebook. We have some people commenting uh, on a Facebook thread about this show. We're trying to do that to fill in some extra hosts. Um, he might be Broby. There he is. I, I sent him a friend request, so let's see what happens. You did too? Yeah. Let's see if we both get one. Studied football player at Eastern Michigan University. Uh-huh. Uh, lives in Ypsilanti, which is nice. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. 
That's this is good radio already. We are only right. a few minutes in, and Ian Wolf has sent former fourth string Browns QB Brogan Roback a friend request on Facebook, and uh, we'll see if he accepts. And I'm not well, going to. I don't think we should add to it. I think we should just let one strange no, man. Yeah. And my profile picture right now being a picture of me dressed as the Joker from like 1988. I'm sure he that. doesn't even hit the 5,000 friend limit here. There's 5,000 friend limit. Yeah, I don't think you can go past that. I got a ways to go. <laughs> so, uh, Brogan Roback, just one of many off-season faces, some of which are gone now. We'll see if he comes back. We'd love to get Broby on this show. I was a big fan of him on Hard Knocks. Yeah, he was. Uh, I, I was a fan of his girlfriend calling him a shithead because he didn't know that a <laughs> the difference between butterflies and chameleons. He did not know the difference between butterflies and chameleons, and yes, his girlfriend did call him a shithead. I think. Yeah. So we're still not saying anything bad about him. She said that on uh, HBO. That That's way worse. His lady friend. I, you know who is? I will call a shithead. Devin Kajus. Yeah, so Devin Kajust, another name you mentioned, also famous from the Hard Knock show. Um, mm. Also, I think was at Landgrant off in the corner watching the game. Luke kept <laughs> talking shit so. about that guy. We <laughs> saw some dude over there. He was just like fondling rocks. <laughs> Touching crystals. That's right. Handling, handling the crystals. Um, but yeah, the Browns were also on Hard Knocks, as everybody knows. It. Dave, again, I'm not sure if Dave knows that as were his main source. But the it was interesting to I really enjoyed it five episodes uh, a glimpse into these new look Browns yeah I, right I've behind the scenes stuff is always kind of fascinating when it's something so far removed from what I do like that's why you know I thought DVD extras are pretty cool which is maybe the lamest sentence I've ever said out loud well yeah if it's anyone <laughs> It's to watch movie magic on the Discovery Channel. The show is awesome. It's like seeing how a football team actually runs is It's pretty cool. And we yeah. got to learn a lot more about John Dorsey and the Browns coaches and Buddy uh, Boy. Buddy Boy. I think and, it's my hope that Todd Haley is the head coach by the end of the year, even if the Browns are successful. We're Greg Williams. Well, I really like that guy now. Yeah. The, I'm less partial to him, but either one of them is Better than Hugh Jackson. It's true. Todd Haley is much more enjoyable than I was planning on him being. Um, Todd Haley, of course, the new Browns offensive coordinator coming over from the Steelers. He's there Mm -hmm. for a little while. and um, Goes to the office, I think you pointed out. Goes to the office in cargo shorts and flip-flops. That's, yeah. John Dorsey has an incredible look. He wears the same thing every day. His superhero costume. I think my favorite part of Hard Knocks was after Brogan Roback got cut and he goes out to the parking lot and gets in like a 1993 Toyota Tercel. <laughs> you got to be nice to Broby. Dude. You're still waiting on that friend. That's right. That's right. Do you got an update on that? Uh, not as of yet. No. Okay. No, no answer. We, we remain, remain uh, not friends. All right. And uh, so, yeah, you'll hear from uh weeby and bork later on bork did go to that game where broby was not there um i wanted i'm curious to get their take on hard knocks too i'm hoping that brian brought it up at some point i don't think i think chris said he had seen the first episode but yeah you're right it was just sort of a weird it was a kind of look into all of it that i don't think i had ever seen before i never thought about a football team working in that fashion i guess you know no 
especially not the Browns. They don't seem like they didn't seem very well. Like I was like, wow, this is all so much or- more organized than I thought it was. Well, I, there's an argument to be made that they were doing it just for show. Like last year, there's sure. no way in hell they were going to like meetings or watching film. Yeah, nobody or, was watching practicing like, their there was plays. Like, they were, there's no way that they were practicing last year. No, no, there's not a chance. So like now, when the cameras get around, like oh, we gotta gotta look good for the boss. And so, with Hard Knocks, what was your kind of favorite part of it, Ian? Uh, my favorite part, honestly, was just like the way the the. I don't know, seeing that way, like the coaches and players talk during the game, specifically after somebody made a field goal and Todd Haley uh, just screams, nice job, you fucking kicker. Yeah, that was a good line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. What about you? Um, Man, I Jarvis Landry's speech is pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think... John Dorsey as a human being was kind of a, a revelation to me. Um, he is like in a good way. I don't know. I'm really not sure. He's just like that guy is is ridiculous. And I think I don't think I would have had that viewpoint of him had I not watched that show. You know, I mean, his personality yeah. comes through. I think in the things written about him. I'm not sure how I feel about him to be honest, but. I will say, much like you did at the beginning of the off-season review, they, they actually seem like they did some more competent things. And uh-huh. I have to like, think that had something to do with him. There's like 50-odd percent roster turnover from last year. I mean, some guys that I kind of liked went, like I kind of like Nate Orchard, Carl uh, uh, Nassib. Yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah, bo- both of those guys. Yeah, Corey Coleman was pretty bad. Both of those other guys were good though, and Hard Knocks definitely made me feel for Nate Orchard. You know, yeah, that's tough. seemed like a good dude. Yeah, I really wanted to try those cookies. That's Bosco Costco. But you he, may have heard just in the background, just the yeah. Orchard landed in Buffalo, I guess. Oh, there you go. That's and Corey Coleman signed with the Patriots, which means he's going to catch like a hundred balls the rest of the really? year. Really, twenty hundred? I didn't know that. That's a that's some breaking news, isn't it? Hey, all news is breaking to Dave. So before, well, I guess actually before we, anything else about the off season before, I just wanted to ask you what your favorite move was. Um, it probably was uh, getting Jarvis Landry because they got him pretty cheap. Yeah, they did. What, a third rounder? Yeah, or maybe even a fourth. Um, that or... Uh, Tyrod, Tyrod, I'm still not clear on which is right, Taylor. Yeah, that was a good move, too. He had a rough game last week. Although, after the first game, my thoughts on that have soured a little, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, what about so? What about in the draft? Who did you think? Uh, I was in favor of the Baker Mayfield pick. Um, I know some people thought he was like a Manziel 2 or whatever, but like, I mean, he's cocky, but he was also like apparently, by all accounts, a very hard worker in terms of like understanding the offense and all that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Manziel, who's just out there like doing lines off of his sinner's ass and then running around for twenty minutes. The that is true. I actually did end up liking Baker Mayfield a lot more too by watching Hard Knocks. Um, I thought he was. No, yeah, I was like impressed by him as a player, but I was also just he was way less annoying than I thought he would be. I mean, 
there's some people were mad about the Denzel Ward pick. They thought that maybe man, he, was he looked good man. last week though. Yeah, like even the touchdown he gave up, there was, that was just a good throw and catch. He was in the right position. There wasn't a whole lot he could do. Yeah, what are you gonna do? You know. Yeah. And so, he's a rookie. You know that's yeah. gonna happen. I mean, he had some stuff that broke the game open. Besides that, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah, those two. I think you know it's it's a boring answer to the draft thing, but I'd go with the same two. I think the top two picks they made were. Yeah, we're the ones. That yeah. seems like, I mean, later picks that Jannard Avery seems like he might be something. Yeah, there's a couple other guys, you know, and Nick Chubb, yeah. uh, great name. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Nick Chubb. Chubb up. I got into like four plays. Yeah, didn't play much. A lot more Duke Johnson and uh, mm-hmm. Carlos Hyde. Yeah. So. Well, so, yeah, uh, good off season. Uh, fun watching Hard Knocks. Yeah, it made me a little more excited to watch yeah. the watch the season. Actually, though, I don't know if I'll catch game number two yet or yeah. not. I'll probably be able to watch a little bit of it. We actually have, for whatever it's worth, before we go to the broken bandwagon, there is people who have things to say on the internet about the Browns. I am seeing that. It's That's really uh, weird. Um, should yeah. have done it from the six Bs and a P thing, but then nobody would have seen it. So. That's true. That's where we fuck up, yeah. I think. I tagged us. Did I tag us? I think I did. You can follow us. This is a great time to mention that you can follow 6Bs and a P on Facebook and uh, on Twitter at 6B1P. We don't really post on those things very often, but we tend to post episodes, and maybe we'll try to do that a bit more. And you can reach us. You can send me an email, uh, brian at aquabarelegion.com, if you have anything you want to talk about, Browns or otherwise. And um, let's. these people have some things to say. They're on the uh, who's sponsoring our fresh take fresh line? Uh, Pierogi Mountain. Ah, the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Hotline. Check out the uh, all your Pierogi Mountain needs down at uh, Cafe Bourbon Street, Columbus, Ohio. Yep. Featured on Guy Fieri's uh, Triple on, D. And get some Grubhub action or some Uber Eats, I believe. Maybe a Postmate. Yeah, something like that. Things we have in the city, Brian. You may. I don't know what those are. So we have on the uh, Facebook Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Fresh Line uh, comment one, which I thought was apt from uh, Luke Edwards, who is not on the show because he can't. F- well, supposed to and be. we should explain he yeah. was supposed to definitely be on this. Brian and Chris both were going to do segments. Um, Dave has taken a life of the cloth, I believe. But yes, that sounds. Accurate. But Luke was going to be here and was at your birthday party, too. But he literally, and I'm not making this up. This sounds like something I'd make up. But Luke texted us and basically could not connect to the internet. Yes. Uh, he thinks porn virus. I think that's accurate. I think porn virus is definitely <laughs> no, accurate. Yeah, until proven yeah. otherwise for sure. But he probably didn't get it watching porn. He probably like just went Googled porn virus and downloaded the first result. <laughs> But first comment from Luke Allen here. Why is Luke using Dundee, Ohio, 56.6 kilobyte there, uh, internet? Uh, that's a good it's question. Rocking that dial up. To which, uh, they still have dial up in Dundee. They do have I'm dial sure. up out in Dundee. Dan Majeski commenting uh, in reply to that Luke on the Devon Best Memorial connection. <laughs> yeah, a little trivia question, Ohio trivia. Do you know what uh, Dundee was named before they renamed it after the movie starring Paul Hogan. Quick, I'm going to ask that to Sherry too is in the room. We have a quick sure. uh, trivia question, know. Ohio trivia question from Ian. Do you know what Dundee was named before 
it got renamed for the famous Hollywood movie. What famous Hollywood movie? Crocodile Dundee, right? Oh, wow. Wow. But what was it named previous to that? She's not buying any of this. She's... She's she's shrugged off your question. <laughs> it was uh it was called Crocodile. A funny story, Sherry. Answer was Crocodile. Ian is correct. That is what it was originally. Mm-hmm. So Luke out there on the Devon Bebe- <laughs> Devon Best Memorial Connection dial up. Job bless. Like hanging out in airports. Job bless. Out to Dan. And I was actually talking about Devon Best the other day with Luke when we were watching the game because um I forget who it was. Talking about a veteran receiver catching on with the Browns, uh, and it was—I think Luke was talking about Dwayne Bow, <laughs> and Dwayne Bow, and who else have we had? <laughs> we had um, Joe Jaravicious, uh, yeah, uh-huh. a couple other people. The and of course, yeah, Devon Bess, and the, Devon Bess. I just forgot all about. It made me just remember when he took that picture of him outside on that patio smoking a, a blunt next to a giant picture of Bob Marley. And it was, it was like the Thursday before a game. Yeah. And it's surprising no one. It was all downhill from there. All down here from there. This is hilarious. Although, in, I mean, in way of looking, uh, he's probably having the time of his life, except for all the, you know, uh, long That's trouble. true. I am actually, this is a moment that we've arrived a little bit more. I'm going to skip a few comments. I'm going to get back to these guys. But we have actually just had a comment from the editor of a major Ohio publication on our thread. Uh, yeah. A, one of the edit. Maybe uh, we should ask, ask him for an interview. He says he's all time. tied up. Can't help us. That's actually what it says. He has uh, nothing to say. But that's, well played joke, uh, Mr. Downing. The... Mm. Also, uh, Tim Martin from our friends over at Red Tail Design Company says, I think someone out makes brown shirts in Athens should get a shout out. And I just did that. So he's. Well, I think uh, somebody who makes Brown's podcast should get some hey, shirts. Hey, that's a great idea. That's Do you I'm really saying. think he's Tim 18 Martin. minutes in? I don't yeah. think he is. But Tim, if you are, me and Ian need some shirts. I'm not worried about those other guys because they're not here. Luke, Luke will have to come to <laughs> yeah. the shop to order yeah, one because he's not doing it online. You show up, yeah, you Tim makes shirt. shirts of all sorts of kinds over in the Ace Net building on Columbus Road, but he was talking about redoing his Browns design this year. That's how excited the time made him. <laughs> um, we also have a comment from Brian Ostrander, which I think is actually a very good thing to bring up. And before that, because I want to use that as what they call in the radio biz, a segue to after the break. We also have a comment from Asa Bentley here. Um, asking if there's an Athens Browns backer group and I will comment on here, but there is, and I need to probably update my membership, but they watch games every Sunday at the cat's eye here in Athens and there's free hot dogs and chili sauce. And you, you know, you can all watch the Browns lose together on a projection screen there, man. Yeah. That's, it's, that's a, that's a very Browns food. Those, yeah. The hot dogs are sitting in warm, medium lukewarm water (laughs) in a crock pot. That's not plugged in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. I think that that's more effort than the Browns have taken towards their their jobs. Let's circle back real quick to Hard Knocks and talk about how Bob Wiley 
it's probably a Browns coach because first he was a Browns fan because he definitely looks like he one. definitely is shaped like a Browns fan. Bob Wiley, yeah. another of the exciting things from Hard Knocks, I think our offensive line coach, who's a large man with very skinny legs. He's got an Appalachian shape to him too. <laughs> um, uh, he drives a Maserati. That guy, the Maserati suite. That makes sense. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when he says hut, you know, over and over again, his stomach moves in a very rhythmic and hypnotic fashion. So uh, are we going to take Brian's question now or after the break? Let's do it. I want to say it now and then we'll talk about it after yeah. the break. Cause I think that's, that's a All good right. tease. Yeah. But Brian Ostrander says, Ian, you want to read it here? Sure. Uh, Brian wants to know what it's going to take to crack Hugh. What record does he need to hit to survive as the Browns head coach? That is a very good question. Yeah, we'll talk about both of those things. But for right now, we're going to send you off to Brian Weeby for a broken bandwagon. We'll be back on 6Bs and a P on AquabraLegion.com. See, every time you talk, the waveform. So say something. Can you say, this is broken bandwagon? Nice job. So, do you know about the Cleveland Browns? Oh. Who are the Cleveland Browns? Football. Yeah. And what color jerseys do they wear? What color uniforms do they wear? I'm not sure what that was. It was just and and sweaters and jackets. Okay. Dresses, and jackets. And shorts. And keep in mind, their name is the Cleveland Browns. What color? Their their name is the Cleveland Browns. So, what color clothes do you think they wear? Well, pink. Orange, yes, they were orange and brown. So, the Cleveland Browns are usually not very good. Why? They're supposed to win games, and they usually lose them. They lose them. I don't know why. It's a mystery. Quarterback play is typically the uh, main culprit. Why? Well, they just don't know how to get a good one, typically. But it seems like they've maybe got some better ones this go around. So, do you think you're going to root for the Cleveland Browns like Mom and Dad, or are you going to pick a different team? I pick a team. Another team? Mm-hmm. Nico, you're not going to be a Browns fan? Mommy? I'm not. What if the Cleveland Browns change their name to the Cleveland Chocolates? I get um a boo too. Would you vote? Would you root for a team called the Chocolates? I could get a one on my TV. 
Uh, it's Queenie and it's down in my knee for a man. Um, my pretty shot is, is going to die and then it goes down and it goes in a window and then and then go in box. And then go in a bottle, and go in the cups, and go in a watermelon, and, and, and I go down and down in my house, and I go around in my friend, and, and go and they put it in my car. What in your car? Um, I'll go to the train and the way to me and put it and get it really good shortly and really good in my car. Are you talking about the circle of life? I train and turn my car. That's a pretty wild ride. Can we talk some more about the Browns? Do you, do you like football? Do, do you know what football is? No, I know it talk more with me. Oh, okay. I can noise that thing. Can you say Okay, we should probably wrap this up. Can you say thanks for listening to Broken Bandwagon? Thanks for listening. Alright. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Leroy Kelly, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, and I'm listening to Six Peas in a Pot. <laughs> Something like that. Hall of Famer Leroy Kelly loves us. Uh, I haven't heard it's, that in a while. It's the best, isn't it? It's something like that. Honestly, that was the moment where I was like, "We got to keep doing this podcast." If, I mean, if somebody, if I were a person of any stature, and I am definitely not, if somebody came up to me and said some bullshit like, "Hey, man, can you say something about six Bs and a P?" I'd be like, "Fuck you, say right." Yeah, you know, like, eh, good for Leroy. I'm glad he rolled with it. We are. That's good. Yeah, we oh, are yeah. back here on the seventy-second episode of Six Bs and a P. On AquabareLegion.com, I'm your host, Brian Costco with Ian Wolf. Hello. And uh, you just heard from our friend Brian Weeby and his broken bandwagon, his feelings on the Browns offseason and on game one. And me and Ian are going to talk to you about some more stuff. Luke Edwards unable to be here. He could not figure out how to connect to the internet. <laughs> So, uh, before the break, uh, we had a question from Brian Ostrander. What's it going to take to crack Hugh? What record does he need to hit to survive as Brown's coach? Uh, I mean, I think it, to make it through the year, he has to like be around 500. Yeah, I think so, too. It, it, Dorsey has an out in that Hugh Jackson's not the coach he picked, but he figured he could go one, right. one more year with him and see what he had. And I think that's exactly what he'll do. And I think you're right. If he goes six and ten, even I think there's a pretty good chance he gets canned. Yeah. 
just but if they like end up yeah oh five and one or something he's gone yeah he's he'll gone. be gone quick and i think you're right in some ways it's like it'd be cool when todd haley becomes our coach because he probably will uh, adam lee on facebook uh in answer to brian's question says he thinks if he wins five games he keeps his job i don't think five does it i don't think five does it either adam does follow up on that twice at different points in the status with which is <laughs> with which is sad and I agree with that too. I do think that that part's true. I don't know about the five games part, but yeah, I mean, ultimately like, you know, I, I wanted to like Hugh Jackson. Um, and I think I do as a person to some degree, but yeah, he seems like a, a fine man. Um, but as far as a football coach, I don't know if he's very good at it. And I, th- he's, um, in over his head. The last game the Browns as a head. He has a head coach. He's over his head. Yeah. The last game he won was when Barack Obama was president. Ugh. That Muslim. <laughs> Our ratings just went up. <laughs> you can find us. I think I can say this now because I'm going to try to do it once we get this episode up. You should be able to find six P's in a P soon, not just on AquabreLegion.com, but also on iTunes and all that stuff as well. Yeah, Stitcher, whatever Google, people use. Google Play. Google. Um, where Google else? Play. The USA uh, Network. Maybe local listen. Yeah, maybe get us a Cable Ace Award this year. I'm looking for the Cable Ace Award. Adam Lee also kind of reminds me of Baker Mayfield. A little bit, yeah. Just a little bit. They have the same like yeah. relaxed demeanor. Yeah, they're easygoing guys. Yeah, I don't. As far as what it'll take to crack Hugh, I don't know what that is because he does seem to have this strange Zen-like unaffectingness to him. I think I think Brian's saying he got a head like an egg. He he's a very he does have a very round egg-like head. But the uh, yeah. the thing is, is I I saw it a couple times at the end of game one, which we'll talk about later, where there was a few moments where he seemed to be genuinely just like. What the fuck? I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, uh, that showed I mean, he, a certain amount of emotion differently. Yeah, he's definitely uh, he's got a little fire in him for sure. He's had no but place they, like, to use it. No, it's <laughs> all misdirected. He has no fire in the in him in the team. So, yeah, I don't know what it's going to take to crack him, but it was kind of crazy on Hard Knocks hearing him say some of the shit he was saying because you're just like, no, you don't. You know, he's like, we make winners here. I'm like, you really don't. You've won, won one game, yeah. one game yeah. in the last two years. You, you made winner. You made a winner one time, and it was against the Chargers on Christmas Eve. And it was thanks to Jamie Meter who they cut. Yeah. So there is nobody then. <laughs> God, Incredible. directly responsible for a Browns win. And you know, <sighs> yeah. So I'm looking up right now. I was talking to this about. This is crazy. So the Browns are one in fifteen in twenty sixteen too. And that's what we're not talking yeah. about. One in fifteen, yeah. and then okay, so that was no, the year 16. right before. What about three and thirteen in twenty fifteen? What? How did they close out the year? That's what I need to look at right now. We're gonna check that out here. Hold on. All right. Going back uh, because that's the thing. Like you know, you're talking about a lot of losing. Like if you start talking about even that. As they've won four games in three seasons, that's insane. When is the last time they lost less than ten? 
They went seven so and nine Anderson. not that long ago. They went seven and nine one of those like uh, Charlie Fry years or some shit, I think. <laughs> it was not during a Charlie Fry year. Charlie Fry won seven games single handedly, I think. If I'm, unless oh, it's probably during Brian Hoyer's tenure. Brian Hoyer might have won seven games. Remember that guy, Sherry? She did love Brian Hoyer. I believe Brian Hoyer was described on this show one time as a guy that would try to hold you up at knife point outside a Lakewood Dairy Mart. <laughs> He'd have like that a hoodie accurate. on. Uh, 2014, they went seven and nine. Okay. That seems a lot longer ago than that. Yeah, it does seem and in, a long time ago. In 2015, they lost the last three games. So there you have it. So that means but they, in this, their last 36 games. Yeah, they've won, they've won once. And, you know, I know Hugh Jackson wasn't the coach in, for those games. Pat Shermer? Is that who it was? Before that? Uh, maybe. Who the hell was their coach? Or no, it was um, uh, Patton. Oh, Mike Patton. I forgot all about Mike Patton. Wow. Yeah. He is a for Chud was before that. I like Chud. Like Chud. Sherry's just yelling Chud back there. At one she just loves the movie. At one point in that twenty fifteen season, the Browns were two and three. What happened? They lost every game after that until one. They won, one. They won one of yeah. them. And then that was that. So yeah, I God mean, damn that still in context of Brian's question, like I don't know what the hell is going to crack Hugh Jackson because being this absolutely terrible at what he does has not seemed to do it so far. Uh, Brogan, rowback update. Still no. All right, still no friend acceptance from Brogan rowback. But he has not, as of yet, canceled. He the has request, not canceled so the request. That is still active. Still hope. Still hope out there that Bro B and Ian get together. Oh man, people we could get like a Benefer thing. Brobian. Brobian. I like that. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> uh I'm not even sure what that asked the what did you say? Bro Brotein. Don't care for that. What do we got here? We have a Instagram. Brogan Roback also on Instagram. A lot of followers. Hard Knocks did a good job for him. He has 7,238 followers on Instagram. He's still listed as Cleveland Browns QB, which is incorrect. Uh, Yeah, but Brogues 11, is that what that is? Find him, follow on there. Do you think he's going to start like his own website like Nathan Peterman did, where it's just his branded stuff instead of a team branded stuff. (laughs) Just a Brogan Roback Jersey, like a white with a black number, (laughs) like no no team. A butterfly on the shoulder. So (laughs) the, there's a lot of depressing stats about the Browns and all this. I mean, we just went through a little bit just on Wikipedia the last couple seasons and thinking about how unbelievably terrible it's almost more difficult and challenging to be this bad in some ways. Uh, The, you know, it's hard at a point, some of these things to do them and to do them with such frequency is very difficult to do. 
the Browns seem to be doing things now that essentially no one's done before. I saw, and this is actually our tweet of the week early. We do have some Bernie tweets of the week. So in case you missed those. But our tweet of the week is from Bill Barn. Well, can I get the theme music? Let's do it early. Oh, sure. It's the tweet of the week. From Bill Barnwell at Bill Barnwell. He's an ESPN guy, right? ESPN guy, yeah. He always has some good stuff to say. Great. He's got a good show, good podcast on there. And he had given a, a crazy stat on Sunday after the Browns tied the Steelers. And I know we're going to talk about that later, but this is a good stat. So I wanted to bring it up now. The Browns were plus five in turnovers in that game. So they had five more turnovers than the Steelers did. I think the Steelers, I think they had six total, right? And the Steelers had one. Anyway, that part doesn't matter. Since the Browns have returned to the NFL in 1999, there have been 137 games where a team has had plus five in turnovers, okay? The record for those games, and actually I'll just read it as Bill says here since it is the tweet of the week. The Browns are plus five in takeaways today. Since the Browns returned to the NFL, Teams with a turnover margin of plus five or better in a game are 132, four, and one. Okay? So out of 137 games where that's happened, 132 times that team has won, right? Because that's a kick-ass stat. Yeah. Right? Only four times has the team lost and one time have they tied. The Browns are responsible for two of those losses and the tie. Which is insane. Like that's basically yeah. saying that like not only is it a bad team because they lose this many games, but even in situations where they are a very, very, very good team in one game, like getting five turnovers on their defense, they still lose, and that's amazing. At, it, I mean, it's but it's also like the most brown stat in the world. Isn't it is it? a super brown stat. Yeah. So there's all sorts of those. Like I mentioned the earlier, the hasn't won a game since Barack Obama was president. That's just a coincidence because, of course, how presidents work, you know, they take office right yeah. when football ends. So it's really just basically saying that Hugh Jackson didn't win a game last year. Yeah, Hugh Jackson sucks. So did you have you had you heard any of those or did you notice any ridiculously terrible versions? I had heard that one. Um it's just weird that like no matter who's in the uniform, it's always just the same old thing. We talked about that on the show before, you know, that sort of idea yeah. that good players come to the Cleveland Browns and they're terrible or that Browns players go other places and aren't nearly as good or even find work like people like, you know, yeah. obviously a big example of, you know, Peyton Hillis getting on like the cover of Madden <laughs> and then never playing football yeah. again after that. Um, but, but actually I saw an interesting article. It was on cleveland.com, but I saw it a few other places, which was that, uh, at one point, and this was from like September 3rd. So I don't know how I never checked. I'm looking now to see, but eight different former Browns quarterbacks were possibly going to win the backup jobs. Mm-hmm. at eight different teams, which Bernie Kosar does bring up. This is not one of his tweets of the week from Bernie later on. He brings up that's one-fourth of the NFL. So good math by Bernie. 
Yep. I'm surprised you could do that, Matt still. But I mean, that's kind of crazy. That goes against what. Yeah, but they're all backups. None of them are starters. And they shouldn't be. I mean, former Browns starters. Yeah, I have a friend who's a Packers fan, and when Aaron Rodgers went down, I saw on Facebook that he posted, oh, my God, you know, I was freaking out because, like, obviously one of the best quarterbacks just got hurt for his team. And then the next post I saw from him was like, come on, Deshaun Kaiser, and I just commented, oh, man, I've said that before. (laughs) Watch out. You might want to start, you know, tamping down those expectations. Uh, Speaking of Brown starting quarterbacks, Tyrod Taylor starting his first game. Yeah, another new quarterback. Segway, segway. Yeah, as a segue. Was it pretty good? It was pretty good. Yeah, didn't talk talk about game one. I've, I've been going to broadcasting school all summer. Have you? So You've been at broadcasting school over the uh, summer break. Yeah, I asked you a question earlier. You did, which was, uh, you did ask me a question earlier. I was wondering where yeah. where that came from. I didn't want to bring up that. Yeah, it seemed no. like was that from questions one hundred and one. Yeah, it's questions 101. Um, I got pretty light load this semester. It's my first one, but I'm taking questions 101, intro to segues. Intro to segues is and, a great class. Yeah, and um, mic technique. Ooh, yeah, all right. So is that like beatboxing? No, no, this is like making sure you don't like put it in your mouth. Or your uh, butt. Spit on it, dunk it in your glass of water. Yeah, you do that. It, 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 we haven't gotten into the butt part yet. But I imagine that's, that's probably at least in one of the later classes. But yeah, let's talk about game. I, I mean, you want to talk about game one? Yeah, let's talk about game one. Should we go straight to our sideline course? Yeah, minute? before we talk about uh, the first game of the Brown season here on Six B's and a P, we thought we should send it to someone who was there to witness all of its tie full glory. Uh, Ian, you want to send it off? Sure. Uh, we're going to send it to our sideline reporter. Bork Torkelson, live from Cleveland, here on 6Bs and a P. Greetings, Internet sleazeballs and loyal 6B1P listeners. This is Bork Torkelson, I guess, and this is the, uh, I don't know, uh, the sideline rebork or the Torkelson report. Or something like that. I, I don't know. Uh, so I went to the Browns game. I went to the season opener for the 2018-2019 Cleveland Browns season at First Energy Stadium. Uh, it was a rainy, shitty day with light rain pissing down uh, for the entirety of the football match. Uh, fortunately, Bork and his good friends, I don't know if I should name them here or if they should remain nameless. Um, We were covered. We were under a bit of an overhang. We were in the dog pound, but at the very, very top. uh, So we didn't really get wet at all during the game, which was nice. There was a lot of uh, Steeler hatred, as you can imagine, uh, throughout the stadium. Uh, In fact, even uh, a vendor got in on the action saying that the reason they don't... uh, give you bottle caps when they sell you a beverage of alcoholic or caffeinated nature uh, is so that you don't throw the bottle caps at the Steelers fans. But you could still throw the bottle, so that doesn't really make much sense to me. Uh, Anyway, I didn't see any violence towards Steelers fans. There was some playful ribbing on both sides, but I didn't see uh, it come to blows uh, by any means. Uh, there were a lot of Steeler fans, saw a lot of those super lame yellow towels, 
twirling and twirling towards freedom in the stadium, but um, they were still unsurprisingly outnumbered by the Browns fans. There was a weird feeling in the air, a, a mixture of hope and desperation and anxiety, uh, you know, given that we've only won, what, one out of our last 32 games. So, you know, um, always, I think, uh, huge hopes and um, limited expectations. But, you know, a lot of talk, a lot of new jerseys, uh, a lot of Baker Mayfield jerseys, even though he didn't play. But, you know, you know how it is being a Browns fan. Um, Some highlights of the games had to be uh, all of the turnovers. Uh, It seemed like the Steelers were giving the Browns every opportunity to win, uh, but we just couldn't convert on those early turnovers, couldn't turn them into points. But uh, still, you know, it injected a little bit of excitement into the crowd. Uh, That excitement dissipated late in the third quarter. Some people started to leave, but when the Browns started to bring it back, I guess there were people trying to get back in the gates. It went from a emptying stadium to being almost full once again. Uh, But uh, in true Cleveland fashion, uh, we couldn't eke out a victory. It was a tie, as you all well know. And as we were walking back to our car and then getting drenched by the rain, uh, there was a whole lot of talk about, well, you know, we didn't lose our opener. You know, a tie's not too bad. Things you would never hear from any other NFL team. But hey, we didn't lose. (laughs) And uh, I think the hope now is to have a perfect season. Zero, zero, and 16. But I will send it back to my good friends with 6B and 1P. Love you guys. Miss you guys. Uh, Yeah. Go Browns. There you go. Should we call him Chris Chris or Bork? I don't know. We can find out what he prefers. And Bork Torkelson is a, he's a Dayton celebrity now. Yeah, he's doing those food truck uh, battles. We went to one of them when my band on Monumental Plug. Yeah, well, we played there. Band, Look at me and my band mm-hmm. playing rock and roll. I was hanging out with Bork Torkelson in my band. Torkelson in my band at Dayton and played a show. But his name is Chris Poland. You're right. I guess yeah. I could go either way. Yeah. He's been known on here as Chris Poland, but he is now blossomed I mean, into Bork Torkelson. It, it is his professional name. Yeah. We'll talk to him. We'll ask him what his preferred uh, name is. Yeah. So Game one. Yes. Your birthday party. Yes, one of many. What happened? What happened was ultimately uh, it was a tie game, which I don't 21 think. 21 to 21. 21. It was an outcome I hadn't even begun to consider because as it usually happens, I forget that NFL games can end in a tie. It's amazing. I think that's a really good way to sum up the game. It's an outcome that you did uh, not uh, consider. Okay, like, yeah, no, no. I mean, that's just—it's kind of incredible. And I didn't realize that the overtime rules are so changed. Now. And they don't make a lick of sense. And there's not no, a second overtime uh, anymore. This, we'll go to my uh, rules explanation segment real quick. If I can get a theme song. Yeah, let's go. Can we have a theme music for that it. at all? I feel like Sherry yeah. actually should have prepared at some point rules the rules segment theme music seems like something that would be right up her alley. And she is very fond of order in segment about yeah she's about a rule rules. follower to the max 
Do you have anything? Was there anything yeah, recorded? Uh, we could play the Michael Dean Perry McDonald's commercial. Okay. It's, yeah, uh, just do that. Uh, rules explanation. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is the uh, r- rules. Yeah, rules of the end. Michael Dean Perry, you've been named to the Pro Bowl two times, All Pro twice, and Defensive Player of the Year. What's next? I want the MDP. You got it. McDonald's announces the MDP, the Michael Dean Perry Triple Cheeseburger with Bacon. It's over a quarter pound of great cheeseburger taste covered with bacon. Add a Coca-Cola Classic, and it's even better. Man, this is so big, I can only eat 92 of them. The MDP, now only $1.99 for a limited time at McDonald's. So overtime in the NFL now is there is a coin flip. Uh, whoever wins the flip gets the ball. If they score a touchdown or a safety is scored, the game is over. If they kick a field goal okay. or punt or turn it over, the other team then gets a possession. If the other team ties the game with a field goal or scores a touchdown or loses possession of the ball, the game is over. If after each team has had one possession in which neither team scored a touchdown, then it goes to sudden death for the remainder of the 10 minute period. And if it's crazy, it is a lot. And if somebody ultimately scores, uh, they get 92 of those MDPs we just heard about. Yeah. So if you win the game in overtime, you get 92 Michael Dean Perry sandwiches, my understanding quarter pounds so that is a lot it's a lot i can't do the math on that really quick that's 23 pounds of beef not including yeah, the pounds that's, of a, that's a fair hey i mean for winning a football game pretty good that's yeah, not a bad deal but the browns did not do that no, neither did got the Steelers. The burgers um but yeah it was uh i mean as as you mentioned we watched the game at land grant uh in conjunction with a celebration of my birthday with some of our friends, uh, some of my friends who you'd never met before, met once or twice, ended up being a real good time. Place got a little rowdy, I would say. It did get a little time, A lot of hoot and hollering, as you mentioned. We did embrace, but again, that is not out of the ordinary. <laughs> we did. It's totally yeah, normal. While, embraced while yelling, which also not out of the ordinary. No, totally no, normal. 100% yeah, totally done that, normal. not while watching the Browns. Just in, yeah. all the time. Sometimes when nothing else is happening. But yeah, it was an exciting game. I mean, I can't remember, you know, I definitely didn't get that excited no. last year. I didn't watch that many games. I didn't watch that many games last year. I watched maybe but they four weren't or five. in any of those the, games, you know? No, I mean, and not like this. Like, I didn't. I was pretty sure they were going to lose. I mean, they were down 21-7, yeah. right? They essentially came back. Oh, those two had, touchdowns. That Josh Gordon half. catch was uh, pretty good. Great catch by yeah, Josh they, Gordon. Uh, that's a big-time play. Like, that's the kind of catch, like, a, Browns receivers don't normally make catches I mean, that's, like that. That's why. That's a very good takeaway from this game is that the Browns now have dudes that can do stuff like that between Gordon making that catch miles Garrett, basically willing the team to the tie with like two strip sacks or two forced fumbles. And yeah. Miles quarter. Garrett's awesome. Uh, I mean, even like Denzel ward, two interceptions, like they're, they're yeah, two interceptions from Denzel ward, the rookie, even people like Jamie Collins, man, he had a, you know, I mean, those guys are actual really good football players. Even, you know, Carlos Hyde, um, you have people that actually have played Brogan Roback. Now, the 
problem, as I alluded to it earlier, was I think Terod Taylor. And I don't know how much this we want to uh, lay on the weather, but he was holding on to the ball. That was, a, that was some shitty weather, some shitty weather. But this is this was his complaint or the knock against him when he was in Buffalo is that he would hold on to the ball too goddamn long and then just take the safe check down, which is why it doesn't throw interceptions, but it doesn't make for like particularly exciting offensive football. Right, and the other problem there being too that the Browns normally aren't the kind of team, especially right now without Joe Thomas and some new faces on that O-line, but even when Thomas was there, they weren't the kind of team that would be able to give a quarterback that mm-hmm. kind of time. So it's, Most teams aren't. I mean, There are multiple you know. plays where he had all day to just then he threw like a two-yard check down, which I get it. What football, I mean, you don't want to throw it down and get it intercepted or whatever, but it just seemed there were more uh, times where he would just kind of hang onto the ball and then scramble or take a sack or whatever, where he could have at least attempted to chuck it down the field a little. Done something. But again, next um, week is in a dome, so we'll see if there's more of that bullshit without the weather excuse. Yeah, I'm curious to see the difference. I mean, it was pouring rain, it was bad, but, you know, you still got to get it done. Obviously, Roethlisberger threw, what, four interceptions? Yeah, yeah, like, and some of them were pretty terrible, like the the one, to, I think, Demarius Randall, where he just overthrew Brown by, like, yeah. 20 yards. How about Demarius Randall kind of having that weird fake injury <laughs> thing during overtime to stop the clock? Yeah. That was kind of yeah. weird. Smart of the game. He was like, well, when they showed him from – the other angle, it was even funny because he was like trying to call the timeout, couldn't couldn't get the ref's attention, and then he just like looked down and grabbed his leg and fell. They were out of timeouts too. But, um, so good I work. mean, it says here in our notes, it was a very Brownsian game. That is true. Like there was a lot of just it's true shit that does not happen to other teams. Yeah, terrible coaching too. I mean, Hugh Jackson had a few stupid things he yeah. did. I don't understand why they didn't try to move the ball a little closer for Zane Gonzalez. Uh, I think they could have done that. Out of timeouts again. Like, I mean, he just spiked the uh, ball, man. True. They had 14 it, seconds. You could at least try. Well, the thing I saw that made sense was like, if there's an offensive penalty and you have no timeouts less than two minutes, it's like, right, then all of a sudden there's a 10-second runoff. And the thing is there, too, that, you know, yeah, the odds of the Browns, because of the Browns committing an offensive penalty at that time, are great. Yeah, so, so it's fine. Devin Kajust, offsides. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but, yeah, total Brownsian game. It was a it was a it was a crazy one. I brought up to Todd because Todd came down to came up and watched the game and we were riding there and listening to the pregame and then listening to, like, you know, the beginning of the first quarter before we got there and. The pregame show, I want to note to you real quick that it was incredible. I told Todd there's nothing like the delusion of like Brown's game one pregame show where like how quickly expectations just ramp up to ridiculous, yeah. you know, like it sounded like an episode of six P's in a P like they literally were going around getting season predictions and like it ended with like, you know, someone being like eight and eight. I think they're going to just barely miss the playoffs. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, I can see us like these people are out of their minds like I, you know, they didn't win a game last year. I would at least like to see what the on-field product looks like. But, you know, it was kind of crazy to listen to all this stuff. And I even told Todd, I'm like, I hope it's different, but I have a feeling in like 45 minutes when we're like in the second quarter and we're at the bar watching the game, it's going to look a lot more like how the Browns have looked like the last, you know, 19 years. 
and ultimately yeah. it did. I mean, they were just getting and creamed. That, fourth you know? quarter, though, like that's something old Brown schemes don't do. Yeah. Yeah, you brought that up. I think that's a very valid point is that the Cleveland Browns, regardless of what happens, now have players that can do things that their players before right. could not do. There's several very, very good football players on this Fucking team. Greg Hardy wasn't going to um, make that catch. Whatever the hell his name was. No. Greg Little. That was definitely, that wasn't even his name. So Greg Hardy was the guy that like beat the shit out of his wife and played for the Cowboys oh, for a little right. bit yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah. Greg Little. Yeah. Greg Little is the name yes, we're looking Greg for. Little. Braylon Edwards also. Remember that guy, sure? G. He Little. Is. What's he doing? Uh, God only knows. He might still be playing, right? He's young enough. He let's might take, be. Uh, yeah. Can I get some research music? Yeah, let's get to and June 14th of this year, uh, Greg Little signed with the Arizona Cardinals after two years of football. But did he make the roster? Need a little more of that music. Probably nobody's surprise. No, he did not. All right, so he took a couple gap years and then went to the Cardinals training camp and is not yeah, on. Yeah, so got cut somewhere so. along the line. There you go. All right, so Greg Little, we'd love to have you on the show, or maybe you could say something like Leroy Kelly did. That's fine, too. The defense looked good. Sure. So, I mean, is that the takeaway, Ian, that they have now players that look like they're a little more dominant? Yeah, That's at least something to... I think so. The defense looked good. Offense remains a question mark there are players i mean even Jarvis landry that guy made some plays i mean he also had one ridiculous drop but he also made people mad and got punched and got penalties shit is contagious he did punch that steel he that was it we should talk about that actually really quick you're the play where him and the Jarvis landry and the steelers cornerback i don't remember which one it was were going at it john and like you know holding each other and everything else and that was probably like second quarter. Like Might have been the first the guy quarter. I like ripped his helmet off. And so, yeah, but there was this great when they showed the replay where he just was like laying him out. Like Landry was just like shoving him and like sort of grabbed him. But then as soon as the dude punched him in the like helmet and took it off, he like just put his hands up. <laughs> like, I have done nothing. I'm not doing anything. Awesome. And it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, fuck the Steelers, yeah, too. I mean, come I mean, on. Let's not lose sight of that. They've been right. Roethlisberger is a big What really stop. matters here is this. Yeah, the Steelers did not win. And Ben Roethlisberger, who's a rapist, had a terrible game. And Mike Tomlin has a Carlos Boozer beard. He's got a Carlos Boozer beard for sure. It's pretty, pretty obvious. That is the Sharpie marker, my friend. Yes, sir. So let's just plow through this last little bit here. Yeah. We already did the tweet of the week. We're not going to do a hot seat because it's just me and yeah, you. Yeah, that'd be It'd just be one of us asking the questions. It'd just be one of us asking the other one questions. It would be no different than the rest of the show. So let's do – we're going to do some Bernie tweets, and then we'll do a look ahead to next week and this season, and then we'll let you be. Uh, already did the tweet of the week earlier on. But can we get some uh, Bernie tweet of the week? The tweet of the week. Our favorite Browns quarterback at Bernie Kosar QB is a prolific and amazing social media follow at Bernie Kosar QB. 
And I didn't even go that far back. Um, it's just been a while since I looked at Bernie's tweets. And I found three. Uh, they're all pretty quick. That are great. And the first one is from August 23rd. And it's a picture of Bernie with Doug Peterson, former Brown quarterback, and current coach, head coach of the Super Bowl winning Philadelphia Eagles. And it's a picture of Bernie and Doug. And Bernie says, my ex, and that's a capital X, teammate and friend coach Doug. Thumbs up. So <laughs> there's that one. <laughs> I just like the idea of him being his friend uh, coach. Because, I mean, the punctuation, it's tough to understand Bernie anyway, but I feel like we could have been helped out a little bit more there. I wish I had a friend coach. And I got one more. Um, the, the third tweet we actually had from Bernie was Bernie tweeting. There is three of them, but one of them was Bernie retweeting that article I talked about earlier about the eight Browns quarterbacks vying for the backup jobs, to which Bernie just replied, very interesting with a football emoji and then that. But the uh, last tweet from our man Bernie is, so it's kind of in a chain, a conversation here, and it's a photo from practice, it looks like, of Baker Mayfield, okay, in his orange number six jersey. Bernie Kosar, some women, various women, I don't know who they are, but then a couple like big old dudes, okay? And it says, Baker, thanks for being so nice to our family of O-linemen who blocked so well for me. Thumbs up. And that's a pretty understandable Bernie tweet, okay? pretty good like obviously he used some letters in place of words and spelled things wrong but i you can understand what he's doing what he's saying so in response to that there's an account for fake john dorsey i don't know if you know about this it's a at fake browns gm so that's important here that fake is in the the title okay of the twitter handle so fake browns gm john dorsey which is actually a Football American flag, John Dorsey American flag football is his name. Uh, replying to Bernie Kosar QB, thanks to you and your family, O lineman, for being so nice to Baker, buddy boy. Now, this is not actually John no. Dorsey. It would be very. It's fake. Yeah, I mean, it says fake. It would be weird if it's kind of like. It's, <laughs> it says giving fake. Giving you the old looky Bernie is actually him. Bernie did. Yeah, Bernie is confused by this. And it appears that immediately does not doubt the identity of this John Dorsey at all and responds right away, love, L-U-V, that we are, letter R, now all the same family, all caps, football, go Browns, football. (laughs) So Bernie is like, yes, fake account, thank you. So Uh, that's the first time I remember that coming up where Bernie actually is like talking to someone who is listed as fake as if they are the real person. I mean, it doesn't matter to him. Ultimately, no. he's just happy to talk to somebody. We should be talking about this, uh, the picture of Baker Mayfield and the tiger. We should bring that up before we leave. Baker Mayfield did a, um, advertising for an underwear company. Yes. P P S D right. underwear, I believe. I don't know what that is. Have you tried uh, that? Not in the traditional sense, no. Okay. Cool. Uh, 
cool. But yeah, in the ad, he it's a bit interesting. Yeah, right? he's he's leaning up against what appears to be a Rolls Royce, and there is a tiger laying on the ground. Uh, Baker has no totally. shirt. Uh, the band of okay. his underpants sticking out of his jeans, like Marky uh, Mark, yeah, or yeah. something. Right? Um, and that is really it. It's just you know, it's going to be remembered for all time. Yeah, they did show it on the big screen on Hard Knocks to the rest of the team. Uh, oh. We also we have two oh, two last minute. Well, well, I was going to say we didn't even get a chance to address two. the dumb fucks burning their Nikes, but I guess there's always next week. Yeah, we'll talk. I wonder if we'll even know what that is by then. But yeah, I love it, and I'm so stupid that I saw the Colin Kaepernick thing like at night before I went to sleep. I saw that he was that they signed him and we're going to do, and, and I just literally thought to myself, man, that's really cool. What a cool thing. That's nice. And I at no point was like, Oh man, that's going to piss everybody. And like, I woke up and it's like Nike stock down and like big and rich or <laughs> cutting the Nike swooshes off their socks. And, I've never been so oh, mad at anything God. to break my own property. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So fucking dumb. Anyway, yeah, so, we yeah. got those two new Facebook comments. I want to address the first one, if I may. Yeah, yeah David Lewis uh, says, which of the Browns' six Super Bowl went? Real fast, David Lewis from the 17th best record store in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, which one's that? Elizabeth's. Actually a great shop, but David does like to point out there's some sort of online some sort of online list where he is literally Elizabeth is ranked 17. 17 record stores in this town. I haven't been to Elizabeth. Well, there's 16 ahead of them. need to rectify that. Now that I know he's a friend okay. of yours, but it's a good shop. He says, which yeah. of the Browns six Super Bowl wins is your favorite? Oops. Wait, wrong team. Sorry, David. Ask me in six fucking years. We know. God. Damn. All right. All right. I you swear just, to God. Don't I get mad. That's God. what he wants. David. That's what David, he wants. Sir. Like... Sir. Listen. Okay. okay. Sorry. Okay. You good? Yeah. We God did win damn. some. Um, fo- I know you're still mad at him. I don't think you're. I know that you when you, people are mad, they say crazy things, but I don't think your just recent prediction of six Super Bowl wins in a row in the next six years is going to be something you're going to want to fall back on. I mean, no, probably not. I got a little heated. I'm sorry, David. That's okay. He is obviously baiting us. Baiting, like he took the bait. That's what Luke's doing right now. It's a masterful baiting. Luke is doing that right now, probably on his phone. On Dundee dial-up. Because he can't, connect his, can't get that Dundee dial-up working on the laptop. He's got one of those Dells from back in the day. One more comment from Ron Cass here on the Facebook thread. Ron, uh, friend of the show, longtime Browns fan. I've already predicted a Super Bowl appearance this year. Go. Hell yeah, Ron. So, now you're talking my language. Like I, yeah, Ron David Ian Lewis. is on board. He didn't. Interesting yeah. that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, next week, um, and I don't know, we probably won't be back right in a week. It'll probably be a few weeks uh, to get everyone together, and then it'll end up being me and Ian again. Yeah. But next week, Browns take on the Saints in a dome. Drew Brees is real good at football, and he lost last week. They got that, and then they got the Thursday night game the week after against the Jets. And Sam Darnold's fucking Lego man hair. Yes, Sam Darnold does have Lego man hair. Man, that's a Thursday night yeah. game. Yeah, uh, 20th. Shit. Really? 
That's exciting. Okay, cool. Want to come up? No, I well, I'm going. I'm 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 off on Friday, so I can actually watch the game after yeah, practice. You. I'll practice with your band. You go play rock and roll shows. And this guy's gonna hang out with Andy. Play as much. Hang out with Bork Torkelson at the food truck thing. in my band. So, what do you think, Ian? What's what's the record this year? Give me the. Uh, I'm. Oh, I want to say. I'm gonna say seven, eight, and one. Okay. I got the one is a game. If I predicted that at the end of the season and that game, yeah. like you guys be fucking minds blown. Yeah. The thing that's amazing is you yeah. I wouldn't have guessed the tie, so it's good that we're doing this one game in. Yeah. Seven, eight, and one? You really think they're gonna win seven games? No, but I'm trying to be optimistic. What do you got? I'm going fifteen oh and one. That's, that sounds more realistic, actually. I fucked up. It does sound more realistic than yours. No, I think, man, seven games would be great. I don't know if they get to that. But it's weird. You can see the potential for it. Yeah, no. Like, I don't know if I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. So, I just I want to see them win one, I think, imp- just because it's, yeah. The last two years, every possible thing that would have to happen for the Browns to go one in 31 happened. So there's got to be yes. like some karmic clapback coming our way, you know? That's a perfect name for this episode, I think. It's, there you I mean, go. Well, it's, it's all down to the brakes yeah. at this point. The talent is there. It's, or some of the talent is there. Some of the talent is there. But, yeah, it is about the brakes. You know, we Todd and I were talking about that when watching the game last week, you know, that often watching other teams play football seems like a different sport than the Browns you've been watching. Yeah. Last week, it was a little bit closer to watching a football game, yeah, but we were, at least later on. We were still applauding penalties. Oh, so many penalties. And you could argue, which is the other, the flip side, the non-optimistic side of watching that game is that if they didn't win that game, good God, because there was just so many times at the end of it that any other team would have won. Right. I mean, they didn't lose it. Right. That's the thing. And They did not lose, and they did not win. Yeah, so I think next week will uh, probably be a loss. The Saints are good. They just got their ass kicked. They'll probably be mad about it at home. I think the Jets game will be the oh. first win. Got some coughing happening here in the studio. A lot of live studio audience action. I think one, well, one, one, and one after week three. That's <laughs> one of each. Yep. I it's like, like the fucking Neapolitan yeah. ice cream of football records. Steel, or the Jets put up like 40 points, though, didn't they? Yeah, I know, but it's against the goddamn Lions who are bad. Yeah. All right. Well,. I am hoping, let's say, for five wins. Yeah, I think five to seven. Five, ten, and one. Five, ten, and one. Seven, eight, and one. I think both of those Maybe somewhere are in there. Uh, probably equally probable. Oof. All right. Let's hope for the the win you said. Yeah. We'll be back next time here to talk about more of the Cleveland Browns and then sometimes about other things. Not Ian, thanks for hanging out. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you to Bork Torkelson and Brian Wiebe for your input and reports. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Luke Allen, for nothing. Never. You can find us where you find your favorite podcast, but you can always find us on aquabearlegion.com, your one source for force. We are now part of a family of podcasts over there. You can find me on my Ohio Music one, The Western Reserve, which usually comes out once a month or so. And a brand new one started by a whole bunch of different people called Athena Headache is up there too. So go listen to that. We'll be back to talk about the Browns more later on. Until then, 
How about we listen to some more of that sweet, sweet Bernie Bernie music? Hell yeah, go Browns. All right, go Browns. Uh, it just cuts off there. <laughs> well, there you go.